Hi, I'm Shay, and welcome to Kombucha and Color. Kombucha and Color is a weekly podcast hosted by me, Shay Dyer, a yoga teacher and creative graphic designer, and Anna Marsh, a functional medicine practitioner and women's health coach with a love of all things health and fitness. This podcast is here to inspire women to embrace health and live life bright. You can find more about me, Shay, at shaydyer.com. You can find out more about me, Anna, at annamarshnutrition.co.uk. And each week we will be bringing you inspiring content for a healthier and happier mind, body, heart, and soul. Hi, it's Shay here. Take a moment right now to reflect on how you measure a successful day for yourself. For a long time, I measured the success of my day based on the number of Instagram likes or followers I gained, the money I made, or the amount of love or praise I received. Whilst these are wonderful things to desire, using them as a metric of success left me feeling really depleted. It was only after some honest soul-searching that I've truly shifted my metrics so that now I define my success on whether I'm able to answer yes to the following three questions. Have I moved my body today? Have I breathed or sat in stillness today? Have I created something today? Move, breathe, create. When I focus on these as measures of a successful day, I am able to really slow down, get out of the busyness of my head, back into my body, and manifest things from a really authentic place. What's even crazier is that when I focus on these three things, all the other shiny pennies the money, the praise, the followers, the likes, they all flow into my life with such ease as a result of me being in an energized, calm, creative, and aligned state. It's completely changed my outlook on life, and it's made me a much happier person. I really want to share all my tools with you so that you too can manifest the things you want in your life from this energized, calm, creative, and aligned state and feel really happy whilst doing it. Come and join me at movebreathecreate.com where you will find ways to energize your body and calm your mind along with creative tutorials and techniques to get you into that creative manifesting state. Most yoga studio monthly memberships cost upwards of £100 a month and you can join me over at movebreathecreate.com where you can find not only yoga practices and tutorials but also workbook downloads, community, meditations, soul work, journal ideas, creative prompts, and inspiration, all for less than £10 a month. It's like your own personal yoga retreat space. Come connect back to your body, mind, and soul with me at movebreathecreate.com. I look forward to seeing you inside of the community. Shay and I have both been away over the past week. Um, I was in Paris doing my yin training and Shay was doing her secret cult, which was the path of love. And actually, I haven't spoken to Shay since she got back and then I got back from Paris because I knew I was going to do what we were going to do this episode today. And I wanted just to kind of just find out about this whole thing firsthand on the podcast. So this is like an exclusive interview with Shay Dyer, post Path of Love. And yeah, Shay, like tell us what is Path of Love and how are you doing and where shall we begin? 
Uh, where to begin? I think that's such a huge thing because this whole retreat, this course, this training process, whatever you want to term it, has really had such a profound impact on me as a person. And it's changed something within my physiology, which is massive. Like it feels really, really huge. I've, I've had this huge, incredible shift over this past seven days and I'm a week out of the process at the moment. So I got back last Wednesday and it's now Thursday, the following week. So I've had a week to integrate everything that I've learned. And the integration process has actually been a little bit more challenging than I thought it would be, particularly with relation to Warren, my husband. Um, just because I feel like I've had such a huge shift in who I am as a person and he's largely stayed the same. So it's been quite interesting to navigate that for me from a personal perspective, but um, I want to share a little bit more about my journey and it's quite challenging for me to share about this journey, particularly because the path of love process encourages you not to talk about the structure and what you actually do inside the process and inside that journey. And I think Having been through it, I can understand completely why it's so important to keep that level of uh, secrecy or that level of not sharing about what's going on in the process because a lot of it is to do with your mind and sort of letting go of preconceived ideas, letting go of judgment, letting go of layers that we hold onto in the mind. And I think if you go into that kind of process with certain expectations or if you enter into it with, um, I'm going to do this, I'm going to achieve this, this is what the outcome is going to be. I think that you will end up tripping yourself up with the mind and you will lose part of the magic of that entire process. So I completely respect that and I understand why. I was actually reading over some of the guidelines this morning before this podcast about what I am able to share and what I'm not able to share. And obviously I can talk about things from my own personal experience and what has shifted within me, but without revealing too much of the structure and what actually goes on inside the process, which makes it sound super culty and, and strange. And I can, I respect people who think maybe this is, I've, I've gone off my rocker here, but <laughs> I can really, I mean, it's a challenging process and it takes a lot of courage, I think, to show up in this way for yourself. Um, but really Let's just um, back up a little bit. And even if you can give us just like the bare bones, like what is it? Like how, how I know you were away. It was for like a week and it was kind of like a retreat that you went on, but obviously things happened in that time of the retreat that you can't share the schedule or the processes, but for people who've no idea what you're talking about, what would it be in a nutshell? In a nutshell. <laughs> So I heard about Path of Love two years ago and for two years it's been sitting on my mind that this is something that I really feel like I'm called to do this and it's something that it just piqued my interest and I've done a lot of reading up as much as I can on it. I mean, if you go and look at the Path of Love website, there's a lot, but there's not a lot of what actually it is about. But what I would say that it is about is it's about releasing emotion that has been stuck in your body for so long. It's releasing your judgment, releasing your stuff in your mind that holds you back. It's releasing fears. It's releasing anxiety. It's releasing tension. And just through that process of really letting go of all that stuff, you arrive at a place where you are just a pure being. You're just pure consciousness. You're just pure love. And underneath all of the stuff that the mind puts on, underneath all of the stuff that we've created over years of 
feeling like we're judging others or feeling like we are judged ourselves or through fear or the mind telling us something or us feeling not good enough. We put all these layers and layers on top of our essential essence, our essential self, which is just this pure love, this pure consciousness. And I really had this experience of 100% connecting to this feeling of being without a mind, with being with, with, without mind, with just pure love, pure consciousness, really leading from my heart. And I think that is what this whole process is about. You know, path of love is allowing yourself to return to a state where you are being guided by your heart rather than being led by your mind. And I think when you can shift your energy from leading everything with a very fear-based mind perspective from really dropping into the energy of your heart and thinking and leading and growing with your heart. It makes such huge shifts because when you lead with the heart, there's no fear. When you lead with the heart, you, you really feel limitless. And that is, has been my experience of, of completely feeling 100% limitless in this process, um, which is massive. Wow, that sounds absolutely incredible and completely profound. And I guess, so I was just doing my yin teacher training in Paris. And one of the analogies that Annie, my yin teacher used is it's this idea of describing to someone eating an apple. You like bite into the apple and maybe it's a little bit crunchy. Maybe it's a little bit juicy, a little bit sour, a little bit sweet. And you're telling someone about biting into this apple. Then they bite into the apple and it is nothing like you just described. And I'm pretty sure this is the same thing that, well, the same challenge that you're presenting with actually being here today and sharing your experiences. There's just some things that, or some meaning that often gets lost when we try to use language to describe it. And I think that's very true for a process like this. And even part of me is not really wanting to explain the full depth of my experience of it, because I think anybody listening who is maybe interested or called to do this, this retreat or this program may listen to my experience and think, oh, well, Shay got this and she got this, 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 and this. And they go in there with this expectation or they go in there with this attachment to these things that they are supposed to quote unquote achieve within this process. And I think that then you lose part of the process as well, because I think the magic of it is that you receive what you need to receive and you get out of it what you need to, what you need to get out of it. Um, but yeah, it's, it, I've often spoken on the show about this book called The Body Keeps the Score, which is Bessel van der Kalk. And that book, I would say, is the theory, of, and this is the practical, of really getting rid of stuff that's really been lodged in your body for years and years. What I've noticed, or one of the things that came to me from this, this process is how much pain and how much hurt and how much stuff we carry on our hearts so unconsciously throughout our entire lives. And Anna and I both have, have had work with Colleen van Heerden, who's an energy healer. She's amazing. I think we interviewed her in episode eight of this podcast. So she's someone who's always said to me, you know, Shay, you are really carrying so much energy of so many other people's stuff and you're carrying this hurt and you're carrying this pain. And for me, that's always been an unconscious way of trying to help people, trying to heal people by absorbing all their pain, taking their pain away from them. And I've always understood that in a very cognitive way. So yes, I completely understand that I'm you know, absorbing the pain of my parents, absorbing the pain of my brother, absorbing the pain of my friends, absorbing the pain of my clients, you know, 
really taking that on for them in a way that I'm think that I'm, that I'm helping them. And she's given me practices in the past where, you know, cut the auras of people and I've stood in the kitchen with a kitchen knife and done this in a very cognitive way. But what I experienced on this process was an actual visceral body embodied way of understanding how it is that I'm carrying these people's emotions. And, um, the facilitators who are absolutely incredible. The, the, the process is staffed by almost the same number of participants as they are. Uh, sorry, the process is staffed almost by the same number of staff as there are participants. So for me in my group, you know, there's a small group and there's almost the same number of staff members as there are participants. And my facilitator Milan was just incredible. And when I first got to the process, I said to him, you know, I don't think this process is for me. I'm just finding it very overwhelming. I'm finding it very like taxing. I don't think I can be here for a week. And he kind of said, well, why? What's going on? And I said, you know, there's just, there's a lot of loud, loud noises in my body. I can just feel there's lots of trauma around and I just, I, I, I can't cope in this environment. And he said, why? You know, and he was just very, he just asked the right questions at the right time. And I said, well, I just feel like energetically, my whole system is like elsewhere seeking like this, almost like trying to help and feel people around the room. And he said, you know, are you feeling people or are you merging with them? And it was that I really had this, this really visceral body experience of being able to separate my emotions from somebody else's emotions. And when I was able to find that separation between this is my emotions that I'm experiencing, that's their emotions that they're experiencing. I was able then to separate the idea of emotions and person. And when I had that separation of emotion and person, that's when I really was able to say, well, actually, you know what? I am just this person or this being, this essence, and all the emotions is just the stuff that's laid on top of that. And when I created that separation, that was when I had this absolute like state of being without a mind, without my personality, without anything that is the likes or the dislikes or the things that the mind is putting a judgment on. And when I was free from that, you know, Eckhart Tolle in his book, he, he talks about the state of no mind of being just like this pure consciousness. And I've experienced something like that in a very small way. Previously, I had this day where I did a breath work workshop and I had this almost like a few hours of just being very present. And I felt like, wow, this feels different. I feel just very present. But what I experienced on the, and that was kind of, I entered into it through the mind. I was kind of thinking and focusing on, on being present, whereas this came through in a completely embodied experience of separating myself from my personality, separating myself from my likes and my dislikes. And I was just this pure consciousness, which was incredible because in that state, you, you truly feel limitless. Like there's nothing, there's no fear, there's nothing stopping you. But also it was quite unsettling because everything that I know to be myself and my personality was suddenly not important or not, not relevant. And I remember going to sleep that night thinking, I don't know if I'm going to like scrapbooking in the morning. I don't know if I'm going to still like all my washi tape. And probably the most unsettling part was, I don't know if I'm going to like my husband because that is part of the mind, that's part of your choices and your preferences that you've made. And I had this experience quite early on in the process. And I remember just feeling completely, completely unsettled is the word. Um, I used the word scared in, in process when I was talking to the facilitators, but if I reflect back on it, it's not, 
I was never scared in that process. It was very calm and, and very peaceful and very loving, but it was quite unsettling because without your likes and your dislikes, then who are you? And, you know, you have that complete separation from your identity, which is very like unnerving. And I remember going up to my facilitator and saying, look, I'm just feeling really, really unsettled. I think I need to phone my husband. I think I need to phone Warren. And they take our phones away. So you're completely without contact to anyone, which I think is very important. And, you know, I was wanting to phone someone in my real life to reaffirm who I am because without, without your personality, it's, it's really difficult to, to know who you are. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a completely strange experience and probably people who are listening to this are thinking, wow, this, <laughs> this woman's this lost heavy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it was really a profound, profound experience for me. And there's so much that, that shifted within me after moving through that kind of experience. You know, I feel at this point, I'm, I've really been able to step into ownership of myself as a woman, ownership of my body, ownership of my sexuality, and so much of our ability to create and our amazing, incredible potential comes through the sacral chakra, comes through that sexual energy of creation, of really stepping into ownership of yourself, of your emotions, of your body. And that is like really, truly how I have... I have felt after this week, which is a very different state from how I was before, even though I've done a lot of this type of, well, not this type of work, but I've done a lot of inner work. I've done a lot of soul's work and I've done a lot of this type of healing stuff. It's, it's really been a very profound shift for me. So yeah, that's where I'm at at the moment. <laughs> oh, gosh. And I, I kind of feel like I, I don't really know what questions to ask because I also want to be respectful of what you do and don't want to share based on what you've already expressed about the sensitivities around that. So is there anything that was on your heart today that you wanted to express? This real understanding of how so often in our world, we spend so much time developing and growing our mind and we don't spend nearly as much time developing and growing our heart. And over this past week, I've really not been on Instagram. I mean, I've opened it once or twice to check something that I've got a notification and I've really consciously put it down. And it's been really, it's not been as challenging as I thought it would be. Like social media, I've really like stayed clear of, I think having that week break was just really beneficial. But I've also recognized within myself that every moment I spend on social media is a moment or opportunity lost for me to connect to my heart. So I've really had this practice of really not wanting to go and engage or get lost in that cloudiness, busyness of it all in favor of staying connected to this really expansive place that I feel at my heart. So that's something small that I've, that I've, that I've made in, in change this week as I've tried to reintegrate. But I think also there's been such huge shifts for me that, I, you know, songs and words and poems and things, I just have a completely new, different meaning. For example, one of the things that I've always heard is this phrase, be here now. And Ramdas says this, he's got a book, be here now. And I've always taken that to mean be present with the person that you are with right now. So let your 
focus, let everything, your attention be with the person that you are speaking to in this moment. But I have a new level of understanding of this is that we are this pure consciousness. We are this love. We are this without the mind. And it's really peaceful and blissful to be in that place. That's what yoga is. It's about finding your unity or you, your union with the infinite, with this expansiveness. And that is truly what I experienced. And I had this, this feeling of once I'd experienced that for like a sustained period of time, all I wanted to do was reach back to that. I wanted to get back to that. I wanted to like find that again and kind of go back to that. And I was almost like getting myself attached to wanting to find that again. And I expressed that to uh, my facilitator and he said, you know, that's always going to be there and we're always going to return to that. So you may as well just be on earth here now. And I was like, wow, that's just literally blown my mind. Like we are here humans having this human experience. So it's this interplay between this divinity, this consciousness, this love that's within yourself, but also at the same time having this human experience. And that play between those two things is just the most beautiful, painful thing because we're both. And it's just, there's so, like, there's so much pain and love and it's all wrapped up in the same thing. And underneath the layers of pain and anger and hurt, there's, there's love. Underneath it all is love. And I had one experience where, you know, I, I'd been moving through something that was really heavy and I didn't realize how heavy it was. And it came out in a very physical way. And I just remember breaking down into absolute tears and just sobbing, sobbing, sobbing. And all I could say was someone was hugging me and all I could say was, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And my mind was telling me, oh, it's love. That's so beautiful. But what I was feeling in my heart was pain. And it's this pain that's so beautiful. And the pain of, and that's just what it is, like this pain of love that's just so exquisitely beautiful that it makes it makes this human experience so wild because it's just all wrapped up in the same thing. And it's this navigation between this hurt and this pain and this love. And it's, it's really been profound for me in, in that way of, of understanding things in a, in a completely new way. So, um, yeah, I'm feeling all the feels just <laughs> like I'm trying not to cry. Each week we get incredible feedback about our episodes of Kombucha and Color. We know our show is touching, inspiring and helping hundreds of women. And we would like to reach even more. Can you help? You can help other women find the inspiration that you have found if you head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. If you screenshot your review and share it on Instagram stories or your Instagram feed tagging myself, Anna, Shay, or Kombucha and Color, we'll send you a wonderful, restful yoga nidra practice to download so you can find some peace and calm in your day or a better night's sleep at night. Additionally, everyone who enters and leaves a review and shares it on Instagram will be put into a lucky prize draw to win a copy of my Beat the Bloat guide and Shay's yoga guide. You can love your body from the inside out with 174 pages, including over a hundred pages of recipes, which walk you through my 28 day digestive reset process. This is perfect if you want to reset your body, address any unwanted health 
symptoms or support your skin, hormones, energy, and digestion. Shay's 173-page yoga guide includes 116 pages of detailed pose analysis. It will give you all the tools you need to teach yourself yoga so you can sequence, practice, and flow safely in your very own home. Remember, all you need to do is go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, screenshot the review, and share it on Instagram stories or your Instagram feed tagging myself, Anna underscore Marsh underscore nutrition, Shay at Indie Yoga Life, or kombucha and color, kombucha underscore and underscore color. Head on over and do that right now before you forget, and then your yoga nidra practice will be on its way. There are a couple of things I just wanted to loop back to. When I was in Sri Lanka doing my yoga teacher training, I read the three books of Conversations with God. And in the first book, he says that, I can't remember the exact wording or use of language because it was a while since I read it, but he talks about how he had to create the world because you cannot know tall if you do not know short. You cannot know love unless you know hate. So all of these contrasting emotions are all part of the same thing, which is to remind us who we really are at our essence, which is this universal love, this universal consciousness. So it's so interesting that there is this, yeah, this experience that you had to see the beauty in just everything is there because that's exactly how it's supposed to be. Mm. And you know, whenever there's pain, wherever there's hurt, wherever there's a challenge or something that comes up in our lives where we feel a little bit of that distance or that little bit of separation from being that state of love or being that state of consciousness, it's really an opportunity for us to burn that layer, to shed it off and to release it. So that pain, that hurt, that anguish that comes is just another thing that we can burn through to reach a deeper layer of love. And, you know, even in my yoga classes, like last night I taught a yoga practice and I was just using this in a very superficial way of saying, you know, we're sitting in meditation and there was a few people who arrived late and, I was asking the people who were sitting in, in meditation to say, you know what, there's going to be distractions. There's going to be external stuff that come up, but use that distraction as an opportunity to go deeper or move deeper within yourself. So similarly, like when we have this pain or this challenge or this anguish that comes up, it's an opportunity to burn through that and to move deeper into a deeper state of love or connectedness. And similarly, when we have distractions in our lives, it's an opportunity for us to move deeper into ourselves. So those challenges and those things that come up for us is, is really just an opportunity and, and it's guiding us to, we need to look at them as, as an opportunity that the universe, God, the divine people, whatever you choose to, to term it, but they're guiding us to an opportunity to move deeper on this, on this process it was way more physically challenging than I thought it would be. And, you know, at some points my nervous system was completely like almost burnt. I was like, I, I, I'm not going to sleep. And when I had this experience of just being so peaceful and kind of in the state of love and compassion for myself and for everyone else, I had this voice in my head that was so loving and peaceful. And 
for so many years, I've never had this loving, peaceful voice. I've always just had this voice that's in the head that's very judgmental, that's very critical, that's very harsh and says no to things. And I remember on one of the evenings, one of the uh, sort of course leaders had said to us at the beginning, if you have anything that you need in the middle of the night, please just come and let me know. I'm in room 108. Um, knock on my door, wake me up. I'm here for anything. And on this, this night when I had this really overwhelming experience, the voice in my head said to me, you know, it was about probably one o'clock in the morning. I thought I could go and get a sleeping tablet to help me sleep. And the voice in my head said, you could really go and ask her if you wanted to go and get a sleeping tablet. Whereas before the voice in my head would have immediately said, there's no way that you can wake up this person. It's one o'clock in the morning. Like you definitely can't like you, you have to just stay here. You can't, but having that ability to make a choice between choosing something that was maybe going to help me or choosing something else is the first time that I've actually had a conscious choice about it and creating those boundaries and creating myself as a person who is also entitled to have needs met. And, and when I can look at it as everybody is with love and everything is there with love, like it's just changes everything. So there's been that kind of shift in me that has been really incredible in terms of not trying to please everyone and to really be in myself and also honor my own needs with still taking care and supporting other people. So yeah, that's some of the, I mean, I've had so many epiphanies and so many moments of just complete amazement at how this process has worked one of the things after this this week, my parents were staying with us and we went to a place in Elephant and Castle and we decided to just order some pizzas. And this process has really taught me or allowed me to step into my ownership of myself as a woman and my sexuality and sexual pleasure and desire. And it's something certainly in my family, or maybe it's a South African thing where sex is really not talked about and it's not really spoken about and women don't really, you know, have sexual desire and pleasure. And it's not, it's not a thing that is really ever spoken about. So that part of me has been very tamed, I would say is maybe the right word. I'm not sure if that's resonates with people, but that's kind of how it's almost suppressed that, that side of me. And we had, we ordered this pizza at this, at this um, kind of community space. And I went up to go and fetch this pizza and this guy who was giving this pizza to me, probably younger than me or maybe my age, if that. And he turned to me and he said, yeah, you are a princess. Here's your pizza. <laughs> and in my pre-path of love, I would have just giggled a little bit and gone, okay, thanks. And I turned around so sharply and I was like, I'm not a princess, sweetie. And he was like completely, I think, floored by this woman who was like, turned around and said, I'm actually, it's not appropriate for you to talk to me like that. Like, I'm not a six-year-old child. I'm not a six-year-old girl. Whether it's appropriate that a grandfather type person calls me princess, maybe, I don't know. But you would never talk to a 35-year-old guy saying prince and it's not appropriate. So you know, I've never had that, that power within me to really take ownership of myself and a woman in that way. And yes, I like to wear pink because it's a preference of mine, but it doesn't entitle anybody else to talk to me in that way that doesn't honor me as a woman. So it's been really interesting to watch my thoughts and behaviors and feelings over this last little while as I've kind of integrated back into 
real life. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say you're probably still even processing so much as well. There'll be probably a lot more ahas and realizations that will reveal themselves in other situations that maybe don't involve pizza. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's definitely been so much like that I've that I've integrated and I've there's an integration process that they that they suggest and I've been trying to follow that um over this past week, which has been really good. I have told Warren when I came back, you know, I really I think that he would really get so much out of this and he has actually signed up to do the the course in November. And I think that it's really important that we didn't do this together because I think if you go with anybody that you know, it will affect your experience of it. It needs to be something that you do on your own. It needs to be something that you are willing and wanting to move through yourself. So on the first day when I got back and said, you know, Warren, I really think that you should do this thing. It was just been so profound for me. Um, And I said, but I'm not going to push you into it. I'm not going to force you to do it because it's something that needs to happen on your own accord and of your own will. And two days ago, he said, Shay, he's, he signed up and he sent me this application form. And he said, I've just submitted this application form. And then on Tuesday evening, I said to him, you know, I really want to sit down and have a chat with you about this because I want to know your reasoning for wanting to do it. Because if you are doing it just to make me happy, then that's not going to work. And, you know, he explained his reasoning and I think he's coming at it from a very genuine place of, of wanting to expand and, and wanting to, to not be stuck and stagnate. So yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for him to have that experience of it. And it'll be interesting to see where it takes us afterwards, because I really think that it will change the way that we communicate within our marriage and will change the way that we parent. And just, I think it, it, it helps you to realize your own potential and it helps you to realize your own worth. And I've spoken in the, in the um, show previously about my relationship prior to Warren, where I was in a really emotionally abusive relationship and it was really a manipulative time of my life. And so much of that I really had processed, but I didn't realize how much was still within me in a very physical way. And having that opportunity to process and release it and let it go was really freeing. And I feel like, you know, I feel lighter after this whole process and I feel like I'm able to step deeper into my sense of worth and into my sense of self and into my sense of womanhood. So yeah, that's kind of been what's moving through me in the last week. Wow. It sounds absolutely amazing. And I'm sure very challenging at the same time. If there's anything else you wanted to share, please do. But I thought maybe it would be helpful to wrap up with coming back to something that you said, which is we spend a lot of time working on our minds, but not so much time connecting with our hearts. And if there was anything that anybody listening to this could take away in that regard, like what is a small, simple action that someone could do today or once a week or even once a month that obviously doesn't involve them having to go off and everybody must do path of love, but just a way that they can come back to themselves and maybe even just find a tiny bit of of what you've managed to find within yourself. I think that's really useful. And I think it's a good thing for people to be able to start building these tools for themselves, because even if you, whether you do path of love or not, like you need to be able to continue this practice for yourself. Like nothing works unless you put the effort into it. So sit in meditation. I mean, that's a really easy way for you to check in with your body and often we can sit in meditation and we can use the mind as a way to get into meditation. So we notice our thoughts and we kind of let our thoughts pass and we kind of let the thoughts drift past. But 
perhaps you can have a meditation where you instead focus on the feeling within your heart. So are you feeling spaciousness at your heart? Are you feeling contraction? How does it feel physically inside your body? Like have that as your point of reference rather than the mind as the point of reference or noticing your thoughts. So first thing is definitely sitting in stillness or some kind of meditation practice. Next one is to have a physical practice that is not governed by anyone else. So, you know, we can go to yoga class and it can be an amazing way to consciously move the body, but we're still at the mercy of a teacher or we're at the mercy of someone else to lead us or guide us. So that's why I think it's so important to have a home yoga practice. I have created a yoga guide for specifically being able to teach people how to teach themselves yoga at home because I think being able to move from a place that is organic within your own body rather than being led by somebody else is really, really powerful. So you can move in a way that feels really organic to how you are feeling in this moment. So if you are feeling angry, like really stamp your feet or do some warriors that you can growl or, or, you know, get really like aggressive in, or if you're feeling really peaceful, you can do some really spacious heart openers. Or if you're feeling like you're really sad, you can, you know, be in child's pose and have, you know, some sobbing there. And once you find that connection between what emotion is coming up for you and a way to express that with movements or your body or through yoga or through running or stamping or um, rock climbing, whatever it is, like use that physical way to process that stuff from the body. And then the third way I'd say is really honestly, authentically share what's on your heart. And I think that is probably the biggest struggle that we have because it's easy to process something or it's easy to sit in stillness if you can create the time for yourself. The time is the hardest thing in actually doing it, but it's relatively easy. Physical movement, we know moving the body is so good for us. And most of us have, especially if you listen to this podcast, you probably have some kind of movement practice, but it's also, it's, it's very self-contained. So it's just you that's processing your own stuff. Whereas being able to authentically share what's on your heart involves somebody else. And that requires a level of vulnerability that can leave you feeling exposed, that can leave you feeling that you are open for attack or, you know, you have this real rawness that is you're inviting in. And I think to be able to share is really, really profound, but you need to be able to share in a really, um, in a space that is not going to affect somebody else. You need to be really mindful of who you share with and how you share. But yeah, having a, having an opportunity to really like let really say honestly, what's on your heart, I think is really useful. Yeah. So, so those three tips I would say. Amazing. Thank you so much. Shay. Is there anything else that you had left to say? No, I think if people are interested or if they want a little bit more, they can obviously get in touch with me. You can message me on Instagram, on Indie Yoga Life, but I don't know how easy I'm going to be responding on my Instagram. You may or may not get back to them. <laughs> you may or may not get back to you, I'll see. But you can email me or you can um, yeah, send me a message somewhere if, if, you, if you want a little bit more, a little bit um it's quite difficult for me to share obviously without sharing what's going on in the process, but I've hope I've, I've given you some of my experience of it so that it, if you're, if you uh, are interested, you can maybe look up path of love online and just see what the process is about and go from there. So yeah, I'm happy to chat. Well, thank you for opening your heart up to all of us today. I uh, just listening to you. I just feel very open and as well. So thank you for sharing that with me. Thank you for listening. See you all soon, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Kombucha and Color. 
If you have enjoyed or been inspired by our conversations today, please leave a five-star review on Stitcher or iTunes. Don't forget to share with friends and family. This will help other women find inspiration to live life bright. We'd love to connect with you on social media. Come find me, Shay, by searching Shay Dyer Yoga on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me, Anna, by searching Anna Marsh on Facebook or Instagram. And remember, you can always refer to the links in the show notes. See you next week. Hi, it's Anna. Ever since I was a child, I wanted to study the power that food can have on our health. When I started practicing as a nutritional therapist a decade ago, I realized that what is just as important is the relationship that we have with food. This is very often a mirror for the relationship we have with ourselves. Through my own personal journey and health challenges, I was forced to dig deeper and understand things that go beyond just our physical bodies. I learned the importance of working with the whole person to create a balanced body, mind, heart, and soul. I'm now passionate about using my diverse toolbox to help women slow down, take better care of themselves, and ultimately cultivate a life which is a reflection of self-love. If you feel like this is speaking to you, I created a 43-page guide nine steps to love, nourish, and connect with your body to create an energized life with a happy heart and soul. You can download it for free and join my Grounded Goddess community for even more inspiration by visiting groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number, hyphen steps. That's groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number, hyphen steps, S-T-E-P-S. I'm looking forward to seeing you in the community.